Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and I am so glad to be bringing you another episode from the Sleep Series. Now, I'm about halfway through the Sleep Series, so I thought I would have a little short episode on my own just to let you know that and to share a few things and then to move on to the next few episodes where I'm going to have some more guests bringing in some different perspectives and experiences in relation to sleep and I think you're going to so enjoy those. Today what I'd really love to focus on is trusting babies and children and what I've loved doing in writing my book on sleep that I wrote. So if you follow me on social media or you get my emails, you would have seen that I was really immersed in that process over the last 10 days or so. And I'm so enjoyed the process and I've written the first draft and we'll be sending that off to my editor. And I have made a workshop and now I'm going to be creating a new version of the Sound Sleep and Secure Attachment course. So what I do want to say is if you would like to dive in deeper to the aware parenting approach to sleep, I invite you to come back and listen to these. Go back if you haven't listened to the previous sleep episodes. But also if you want to follow me on social media or get my emails to be, you know, there's going to be lots of information that I'm sharing. So I am so here to support you if you are wanting to understand more about the aware parenting approach to sleep, if you are having sleep challenges with your baby or child and you would really like to shift those, aware parenting can really make a profound difference. So back to trust. What I love about aware parenting the many, many things is the deep, deep trust it has in babies and children. And actually, I was talking to the father of my children today, and we were talking about how we see it is from an aware parenting perspective, he's also an aware parenting instructor, that so often as parents, we are being invited by our babies and children to release another layer of our own cultural conditioning and to heal another part of our childhood experience to really see the wisdom that our babies and children come in with the innate wisdom that they have their intuitive knowing these processes that they come into the world with and this is so different as an approach to so many other approaches which really are based on this adultism that still exists, which is this idea that as parents, we are training our babies and children to be more like us. And of course, I'm not denying, of course, babies and children need the support of adults. They need us to be keeping them safe, meeting their needs, giving them information about things that they they don't know or haven't experienced yet that is our role and that is so important of course however there are so many things in terms of physiology biology psychology feelings 
that babies can invite us to return to our own innate intrinsic knowing and sleep is one of those cool ways and why is that well because it turns out that babies and children have these inbuilt processes and one of them is to heal from stress and trauma right from birth they have these innate processes to do that but because in this culture, which I call the disconnected domination culture, or nowadays I'm often talking is actually about the disconnected domination consciousness, we have been taught for millennia to not trust our bodies, to not trust feelings, to not trust babies, to not trust children, to not trust our innate nature. And so often that means by the time we've become adults and we've been... Mm, enticed away from that deep inner knowing that we may unwittingly and with the most loving of intentions actually be working against these innate processes. So if you're already familiar with aware parenting, you'll know that those innate processes to heal from stress and trauma are crying and raging with loving support in the context of a safe parent-child relationship. Also, laughter and play, particular kinds of play. Talking does come into it as well later on. But primarily, these uh, beautiful processes that we're born with. And, you know, that's our innate nature. And... We are human animals. If you know anything about animals and how they heal from stress, one of the ways they do that is through yawning. I have three dogs that live with me, and when I give the littlest one a shower, she finds it quite stressful. And so I just gave her a shower about half an hour ago, and the moment I, I do it very gently... The moment I put the water on her, she yawns and I say, ah, yes, sweetheart, you're releasing that stress. This is about really trusting ourselves as human beings. And this is one of the other parts I love about aware parenting. It really is moving away from centuries of conditioning and belief systems and actually more than centuries that human nature is essentially evil or bad or wrong there's shame and there's guilt and there's all of these things and aware parenting really holds that that is not the case and actually when we understand our true nature when we support babies and children in these ways when we do what we can to meet their needs within the challenges of doing that in the disconnected domination culture and not only that and we listen to their feelings. In other words, we cooperate with those natural, innate processes that they are born with to heal from stress and trauma. Something entirely different emerges in terms of who babies and children are. So it turns out that rather than our cultural idea of babies and children, you know, there's been this cultural belief hasn't there that babies are kind of like blobs uninteresting children are 
innately just agitated and antsy, knock things over, just like bump into things, hit hit people, and that's just who we are. No, from an aware parenting perspective, what we understand is all those behaviours that we might have believed were innately who babies and children are, and thus innately who we are, that we need to be trained to be calm and cooperative and connected and contributing. No, it's exactly the opposite, that actually when we combine this beautiful combination of needs and feelings supporting those natural healing processes that babies and children are constantly inviting us and we are so often overriding bypassing or working against it actually turns out that they are present and gentle and aware and can concentrate all of these things now of course because we live in a culture that does not support parents or families or children or babies and because we all have shed loads of our own conditioning and a whole load of unexpressed feelings sitting in our bodies not enough support all the things of course that means that none of us are going to be able to support these processes 100% of the time so our children are still going to show evidence of unhealed stress and trauma in other words unaccumulated feelings however and we understand that and we know how to move in without, of course, then we don't need punishments or rewards or shame or blame or even the most, more gentle kind of bypassing ways. We can really attend to the root cause as long, of course, as we have the emotional spaciousness to do that. So back to sleep, I was talking about these two innate processes. So that first one being to heal from stress and trauma for babies, that's through crying in arms, in arms with loving support. For children, that's crying and raging with loving support, with vigorous movement. And the vigorous movement is essential because that is the way that they are releasing that fight, flight, tension from their bodies. All that beautiful energy that was mobilized in case they did need to, to fight or flee, sitting in their body still. And it's that mobilized energy that when unexpressed, when we do not support our children, when we don't understand these natural processes, that accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and lead to all the things, or pretty much most of the things, many of the things, let's not say all, because there are, of course, other physiological factors, but many of the things that parents find challenging, the agitation, the antsiness, the knocking into things, the hitting, the biting, but also the sleep. And it makes so much sense, doesn't it? If we have still got this fight-flight energy in our bodies as a baby or as a child, it's going to be very hard to feel relaxed enough to, to sleep deeply. So what's that second process? Well, it turns out that relaxation process before bed, when babies and children are tired, is the same process as the healing from stress and trauma one. In other words, it's no accident that when babies and children and us as adults too get tired, a whole lot of feelings come bubbling up to be expressed, to be released. This is again their innate wisdom. 
there's nothing wrong with them. It's not witching hour, which is in, in itself a very interesting phrase, don't you think? They are not doing things deliberately to wind us up. They are doing what their bodies know how to do because their bodies are so wise and they haven't yet been conditioned in the ways as we have to repress all of those natural or many of those natural systems. So what do they do? Babies, when all their needs are met, they try to cry to release the stress and the tension of the day, of the week, from their birth, from their time after birth. Toddlers will often either start crying over a small thing or get really rambunctious. Children will start playing really vigorously. And because in this culture we do not trust babies and children and we believe that, that we know best what have the majority of us been trained to do to try to calm them down, to try to stop the crying, stop the laughter, stop the play, calm down, calm down. I wrote a children's book many years ago. It just was on my website for many years. It's called Calm Down, Bob. And uh, one day, really willing for that to be published as a book that people can buy. And it's really about that process of so many of us fighting against these natural processes that babies and children are born with. And the thing that I sometimes find painful is that our conditioning is so strong. What is the, what is the way we often see it is we often see or believe or think that a baby or child is fighting sleep. When actually it's because most of us have been conditioned out of deeply trusting our bodies and these natural ways of being and the innate wisdom of babies and children. So what happens then if we turn everything on its head and say, okay, what happens if rather than thinking that these things that we thought were something wrong that we needed to fix, in both of those words in inverted commas, the wrong and the fix, the, uh, the witching hour, the baby that seems to need feeding from 5pm till 10pm, the idea of cluster feeding, which we don't have in aware parenting, all of those things the child who's getting, jumping on the bed and wanting to play loads of games and then we're trying to calm them down. What happens if we turn it all on its head and say, what can we learn from babies and children? What happens if we even just pause for a slight moment and stop doing what we're doing and put down our beliefs about babies and children for one moment and observe them and see if we're willing to trust them. See if we're willing to trust that they might have something to share with us. That actually, why we might be finding it so hard so often is because of our conditioning and what we believe about babies and children. And might we feel some relaxation in that process? I do want to add, if you've seen any of my material before or you've 
listen to my other episode on sound sleep and secure attachment, there are three things from this uh, aware parenting approach. Well, I put them into a map of three because you know me. If you know me and you know my work, you know I love lists of three. Why? Because I like to have things that parents can remember easily. So this isn't the only thing, the relaxations. I'm going to remind you that as a little reminder, there are three things from an aware parenting perspective that are needed for sound sleep. Number one is to feel tired. Number two is to feel connected. Number three is to feel relaxed. And so with number two, of course, we're holding in mind, are they feeling close? Are they feeling connected? And there's all the, if we look at our hunter-gatherer origins and what we would have expected and needed to be safe, closeness is core to that, to feel close. Ah, the birdies are here. (laughs) Hello, welcome, welcome. Uh, The other thing I want to say in terms of feeling relaxed, this third piece, of course, it's always... We're always going to be inviting you from an aware parenting perspective to consider things on a physiological level that may be leading a baby or child to not be relaxed. So when I talk about this natural process and feelings, I'm always making the assumption that you will have checked out that they're not teething, they're not sick, they haven't got some kind of gut issue or allergy that it's not to do with the washing powder you're using or polyester sheets or EMFs or blue light or all of the things of course that is all part of relaxation however the the reason why I do focus so much on the psychological and this is also physiological this is stress in in the body but from this sense of stress rather than EMFs or washing powder or, or food or whatever, is that there's so much emphasis on those things. So I so trust that you will always, always check out if your baby or child or teen is not sleeping, is taking ages to go to sleep, is wriggling around in um, before they go to bed, is waking up lots, is waking up early. That of course you will check out, are there things that you could do on that physical level to support them? However, I'm also going to be inviting you to see, would you like to trust also that there might be some emotional things going on? So back to that question, are we willing even just for a moment to pause? So if your three-year-old wants to play rambunctiously rather than trying to calm them down, I wonder if you're willing to even experiment. And that's what I love about aware parenting because I come from an experimental psychology background. I see us all as parents, as experimenters. And I will always invite you to experiment if you're willing to, if this resonates with you, to observe your child before, during and after. Compare them to how they are before, during and after whatever the other thing you normally do is. And then observe, observe their eye contact. Observe in terms of feeling in your body how relaxed or tense their muscles are. How much do they move around while they're sleeping? How often do they wake up? How much do they smile in the daytime and make eye contact when they're awake? How how happy do they seem? Or how many agitated vocalizations or movements do they make? How present are they? How much can you just feel their presence in in the room or do you feel this sense of dissociation avoiding eye contact as we become more 
comfortable and confident in knowing what to look for, each of us is the expert. Someone asked me again today, it's always the question about cortisol levels, and I am planning on having a, a guest on to talk about physiology and sleep. However, since there isn't really much research on this yet, and I'm so willing that there will be sometime, to know that rather than trying to find some research that isn't there, we can be the researchers. You can be your own researcher. And you've probably heard me, if you've listened to me for a while, you will probably know what I like to say many, many times is to listen to yourself. Does this resonate with you? If it does, would you like to experiment with this? If so, what can you do that's just the minimum little experiment that you feel comfortable to do? Then do the experiment and then observe your baby, your child, in exactly the ways I've seen. And really receive your evidence from that. You may want to, to experiment again. You may want to play with things. You may want to go back to the drawing board. The only real reassurance that we could receive and this is how I did when I was practicing these with my children when they were younger is to observe them and to watch and listen to what they told me about is this thing helpful so please I would invite you don't ever do anything just because you read it in a, a, a book or anything you read from me or whatever you hear is Number one, does it resonate? Number two, if yes, try it out. Number three, observe. If you don't see any of the things that you're hearing about, then I would go back to the drawing board. I would not ever do something if I wasn't seeing any of the things that the person said. So that is again about really trusting, trusting that our babies and children will show us. And if we're willing to listen, pause, slow down, try things out, observe play <laughs> you know, it may be that your toddler asks for one thing after the next after the next after the next after the next in the evening and you do all those things thinking you're meeting the needs but they don't ever seem happy and they seem more agitated and antsy is it possible then that they are trying to find a way to actually express the feelings what would happen if one time, after making sure, of course, you've met all their needs, you're there with them, you're present with them, and they've asked to go out and get another toy for the fifth time to actually just be with them and offer a loving limit. I really hear that you'd like to get another toy, sweetheart. And I'm, I'm not willing to, to get any more toys tonight, sweetheart. And I'm right here and I'm listening. And if they start to have really big feelings, how would that be for you? to just one time to see how it would be if you listened and I'm, I'm saying one time you might have done this many times I'm right here with you sweetheart to see if you're willing to just keep listening just keep being with them just keep offering empathy and to see do their feelings get really big and loud and intense and then to those feelings after a while, as you keep listening and you keep offering empathy and you're right there with them, those feelings taper back down again. And do you feel a sense of, ah, oh, they seem relieved. If you're holding them, you can feel their muscles are more relaxed. They're making eye contact in a way that seems really present. And they, there's this 
quality of calm in the room. I want to say this doesn't always happen every single time. But if you notice those kinds of things, you're probably going to say, hey, hang on, maybe actually doing what appears to be the most helpful thing, which is trying to to do every single thing they say. And of course, I want to say aware parenting is a form of attachment style parenting. So it's always about responding in a prompt and attuned way to a baby or child's needs. But if we see them asking for 20 different things and we're giving them each of those 20 different things and they are not calm and relaxed, it generally tells us that actually that is not a here and now need. That is actually feelings. And so that's what we're always aiming to do in aware parenting, to differentiate moment to moment. Is this a here and now need or are these feelings? Is this this beautiful, natural, innate wisdom they have to express feelings, to release stress and tension from their bodies so that they can feel relaxed enough to fall asleep and stay asleep until they have actually had enough sleep or if they're a baby or or they're young they might of course need to wake up when they're hungry but it's not waking up 20 times or not waking up every 45 minutes it's actually waking up because they're hungry but they feel deeply relaxed and what I share about in the book and the course is why that type of relaxation that comes through working with and cooperating with collaborating with a child or a baby's innate wisdom and these innate processes is so different from the the type of relaxation that comes if we are jiggling them and rocking them or giving them a dummy or they're sucking their thumb or we're doing any kind of if we read all about self-soothing and self-settling and we're trying to do all those things that's very very different and what generally happens with all of those types of ways which are more as I would say not trusting a baby or child's innate relaxation processes is that they do go into a state enough to fall asleep but often they will wake up anytime they come into light sleep or they'll start waking up. Often there's very common that after midnight or whatever, they'll start waking up every hour. These are really common signs that we see and I've seen many, many times over two decades. Clear indications that a baby or child feels this agitation in their body, which they are trying to release. They know how to release and if we don't understand that, of course, we think the most loving thing to do is is to do that and to, you know, to jiggle them again or to support them to put their thumb back in the mouth, all the talk about settling, all of those things. But really, if this resonates with you, this really is a different approach, which supports a deep level of relaxation. And what I'd love to say in my experience in 21 years of aware parenting and 18 years as an instructor, just seeing how different babies and children are, how differently they feel, and we can see this, and all of those things I've invited you to observe, that it's just so much more enjoyable to feel that quality of relaxation. And it just means they're so much more present. They see things. They're aware. They don't trip over stuff. They don't bump into things. They can concentrate for long periods. And of course, every baby or child is different in terms of how much stress or trauma they experience, how many needs are met and unmet. And us, of course, we differ completely in terms of 
how much stress or trauma we have unhealed in our bodies, how many accumulated feelings we've got, how much support we have, what kind of stress we're in day to day, how many children we have, what kind of situation we live in economically, physically, emotionally, all of the things. So of course, every situation is unique. And again, if you know my work, you know I am passionate about absolute unconditional love and self-compassion and compassion for others. And so I invite you to, to, and I constantly invite that, to drop any guilt or shame sticks or comparison sticks. This isn't about trying to be some kind of perfect because that's just disconnected domination culture conditioning. This is about understanding our innate wisdom as human beings and seeing if we're willing to drop some of our own conditioning and do some of our own healing and receive support, which of course I haven't talked about today, but it's one of the most essential parts of this. Receive support, get listening for our own feelings so that we can actually play with, am I, am I able to trust my baby or my child a little bit more here? Am I able to work with them? Am I able to just for a moment see what happens if I stop trying to distract them and listen instead. So lovely sweethearts, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am so delighted to be talking about this. I know so many parents come to aware parenting because of sleep and so many parents come for other reasons. Um, I'm just sending you lots of love. I want to let you know this is absolutely not an easy path. It's a long-term path. But it is about the basically emotional foundation of our baby and child and of their psyche. And what I often think of with sleep is, yes, it is an emotional barometer. And so many parents come in via sleep and then they're so glad that feelings showed up in relation to sleep because of all the other ways that they're not only their relationship with their child was transformed in beautiful ways, but they saw what a difference it made practicing aware parenting with their baby or child. So I invite you to come and listen to the next episode and I'll be sharing more about the course and the workshop and my book on all different places, on my social media, on my website and my main newsletter. I'm going to be opening a Substack account. Is that is it called an account? Anyway, you'll see how it's new to me because I don't know what it's called. But anyway, if you like any of those ways of taking information, I would love to see you there. I'm sending you so much love. With Aware Parenting, we really can trust our babies, our children and ourselves. So much love to you.